0: It's exciting to win money.
1: Back out to Allen, history final. game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, Not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah, so easily offended. Oh, Gambling's not your problem,
0: you're just an idiot.
1: We welcome you into Full Slate, a podcast by Degenerates for Degenerates. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me on gambling Twitter at Undercover Greg, also at G underscore Frank 6 for the rest of my sports takes and whatever else is on my mind, as it is U.S. Open Week at the L.A. Country Club in Southern California, and it certainly should be a intriguing week for the sport of golf, to say the least, after last night's bo- or excuse me, last week's bombshell merger news with. Live and the PGA Tour and DP World Tour. So to talk about that and some betting values across the board for this U.S. Open, we bring on Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sportsbook. Pamela, good to have you aboard. How are you? Hey,
0: thanks for having me. um It's Major Week. Yeah, how are you? Not excited. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So before we get into some of the betting stuff, just uh, what do you think the vibe is like? You know, right now and and is going to be all week at L.A. Country Club.
0: Well, I think last week was a lot more of intense right you had Roy McRoy who is the center of all of it he's the one who is getting the most flack for I mean he's essentially been the face of um, the biggest opponent of the lift tour and he continues to be so even after the merger so I think a lot more intensity last week this week it's already some time passed it's already done what are you going to do about it um, now the commissioner is like on sick leave or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's just yeah, just essentially, which essentially just means, hey, we're probably gearing up to fire him, but <laughs> who knows? Um, so I think it's just a lot more focus on the major itself rather than um that last week's news. It's last week's news.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So without further ado. Let's get into some of the uh, betting markets for the U.S. Open. First, before we get into some specific plays or things you might be looking at, golfers you might be targeting, how do you like to uh, break down your bankroll for a golf major? Because obviously uh, there's a lot of different uh, things you can bet on, top 10s, top 20s, outrights, uh, head-to-heads. So uh, do you have like a a favorite uh, prop that you like to attack for these majors? How do you spread it out?
0: Um, I bet my betting card is the same every single week. I look at first off top 20. I like the top 20 market and I also like outrights. So basically if there's a person, a player that I like in the top 20 market, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on them to win outright because you never know. I don't like touching top tens only because it's, Gut wrenching when a player you choose finishes T11 and it's just the yeah. worst feeling in the world. So, I'm a very conservative better. If I'm getting anywhere between minus 110 to plus money for a top 20 finish, that's where I'm finishing. That's where I'm stopping. I'm not mm-hmm. the type of better to go for, oh, it's a three to one, it's a four to one, it's great value. I don't care. I'm looking for to cash a ticket. So, and more often than not, I am. So, top 20 for me is the way to go with sprinkle on the outright. And then the money maker, if you are betting golf, the money maker focus should be on head to head market. That is where you make a bulk of your money. Right now, for me, those are hitting at like a 75% clip. So mm. that's you put your focus on where you know the money is going to be coming in from. And for me, that's the head to head market.
1: All right, well, let's get let's jump through the odds board a bit and uh, just look at some of the guys at the top of the outright market, some of the mid tier guys, and perhaps a few long shots that are interesting. Uh, when it comes to the favorites, obviously it's the usual suspects up there: Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka always rock solid at the majors. Uh, anybody at the top that say twenty to one or shorter that uh, you are particularly interested in this week?
0: 20 to 1 or shorter. Brooks Kepka. There's three players that fall below that category for me, and Brooks Kepka is one of them. And you hate to do it just because of how killer he's been this season in those majors. T2 at the Masters, he won the PGA championship. But Kepka is that good. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he has shown. And I think a lot of. The problem is what we saw from him before he left to the lift tour was that he was battling injury from various parts of his body throughout the season. So we were kind of reminiscing of, well, you know, he kind of fell off the map there a little bit. He was injured. Now he's clearly in full health. So not only is he back into full health, but he's definitely one of the best ball strikers on tour. He gained nine and 10 strokes, ball striking 12 and 19 strokes total, because he's actually also one of the best putters. Like he just, when it is pressure on the line and he needs to make a a birdie putt in order to put himself into a, a t first position or something to maybe go into a playoff or he does go into playoff, he is so clutch at putting and that's what makes him such a threat. Best ball record on tour knows when and how to putt, doesn't fall under pressure, and he's aggressive. He knows when to go for the aggressive shots and when to sit back and just put the ball in a play. Um, for also twenty to one or less, I also like. Rory McIlroy. And that's actually somebody that I have not paid much attention to this season. He's somebody that I have faded quite frequently, especially in the head to head market. And it's been money. It has been bank. If you are fading Rory in the head to head market but I am backing him this week because he has three straight top 10 finishes. Um, he is gaining strokes in every single category in all three of those tournaments. Now the problem for McElroy that a lot of people aren't really paying attention to or mentioning is that he has a fourth round problem. And that's just not something that is mm. uh, typical of uh, you're, you're maybe look at tennis and you're like, Oh, no, back Djokovic. He chokes under pressure in the fifth set. That's basically what Mort McIlroy is doing. That is not something that you expect from a high caliber player such as that. So that tells me that it's mental and that it is fixable for whatever reason. He is just falling under pressure. Three over at the Memorial on day four, two over at Canada on day four. That's mental. That can be fixed. And at the very least, he has kind of. Proven himself to be a reliable top 10 player. So you're getting plus money for him to finish in the top 10. And for a 14 to 1 on an outright for Rory McElroy, who's mm. the number one ball striker on tour, well, number two behind Scotty Scheffler, you got to kind of take that. um And then the last player that I do like for under 20 to 1. Oh, no, that was it. Those are the only two players under okay. 20 to 1 market.
1: Well, you were cruising pretty good there. So uh, let's keep moving and talk about some of the kind of middling price guys. I'll define this range as anywhere from 20 to one to 60 to one. Guys stand out in this area. I kind of like Cam Smith and Tony Finau. Uh, Anybody in particular for you? Tommy Fleetwood's also kind of interesting for me in this price range. Anybody for you here in this kind of middling area on the outright market that you're interested in?
0: Anything above 20 to one? Yeah, my favorite play is Terrell Hatton. You're getting 30 to one. Are you kidding me? Terrell Hatton is the best. He is top three player in the field right now based off of what he's been doing. Six straight top 20 finishes. I talked about McIlroy having a fourth round problem. Terrell Hatton, is the best. he's one of the best in the fourth rounds. He's 11th right now in fourth round scoring. He has shot five under or better in three of his last five tournaments and in- on the final day. Last week at RBC Canada, he shot eight under a 64 to close. And now you're getting 30 to one on a guy who doesn't miss the cut, who makes top 20s consistently, if not top tens, has finished runner up in some of the biggest tournaments, like the players' championship, and has is one of the best at fourth round scoring. Heck yeah, I am all in on Terrell, and he is by far my favorite play for the weekend, not Mm. just in this category.
1: Um, and then as far as a, a sleeper or, or a long shot that could be live, uh, and you know maybe he, he, it's a sprinkle that at least makes you keep an eye on things. Like I had Corey Connors at eighty to one at the PGA, and he, I at least was uh you know alive very much into the final round. Anybody in that kind of long shot area that you think could make some noise this week?
0: What considers long shot? Is there a specific range? that you're? Uh,
1: I'll let you define that. I normally think of that as like 70 to one or longer, but uh, you know, that's uh, up to you, I guess.
0: Uh, well, if we're talking about players that can actually win, <laughs> I'm going to stick with that players. I can actually, win. okay, I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler and he's getting 50, yeah. uh, 50 to one. Um, yeah. I absolutely love Ricky Fowler. I have been last year. My boy, Will Zelatoris. that is the player that I was like from the beginning of the season even prior i was thinking he's going to win a tournament he's going to win a tournament you keep firing on him eventually you're like okay i'm going to stop betting him in the outright market i'm going to take him only in the top five but eventually a win did come and that's exactly what's going on with ricky fella right now um i'm not hopping off of that train he has been a cash cow in the top 20 market and even in a field as strong as this he can still absolutely contend because he's top 15 in strokes gained from T to green and strokes gained total. He enters the week in back-to-back top 10 finishes, T6 at the Charles Schwab, T9 at the Memorial. He gained eight strokes from T to green in both. This is, he, and he's not only rounding back into form with his off the tee performance, which is where the, the area that he's been struggling with, but the most underrated part of Fowler's game is that he is one of the best short game players on tour. And he is specifically really good on bent grass putting. And it just so happens to be that he has putted in neutral in back-to-back tournaments. So it's kind of like a Scotty Scheffler situation where you're producing results and you're one of the best ball strikers, but your putter is not helping you right now. (laughs) Now, if you can just like find it with the flat stick, not only do I have believe that his comeback year is going to continue this week in a major, um, but is, um, so yeah, top 30, you're getting plus money. Top 20, you're getting plus money. Those are both very solid options, 50 to one. I don't know if Ricky Feller is actually going to win this tournament, but you better damn believe that he's going to be in contention. And somebody who's in contention, you always want to sprinkle as an outright
1: yeah, exactly. That was kind of what I was getting at there. And I had Fowler at the PGA and he seems to be having a bit of like a post type sleeper vibe with his career right now, where for a while I felt like he had that label of the best player that hasn't won a major. And, you know, that's kind of gone away. And we're looking at guys like Xander and Patrick Cantlay and, you know, uh, Tony Finau as that label. And and I feel like maybe some pressures off Ricky a little bit. And he's just been able to put together a nice season so far.
0: Right. Exactly, and we're gonna see it happen. I'm I'm fairly confident that if Ricky Fowler does not finish with a win, at the very least, we're gonna see him runner up in a few spots, and of pretty... which, all you need is one putt to knock in, and you yeah. never know.
1: Right, exactly. That's kind of the way the game goes sometimes. How about some fades, just in terms of players you didn't mention? And, 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 you know, I I should be clear, like just because we haven't talked about John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler doesn't mean we think they're going to be bad this week. But uh, is there anybody in particular that you might be avoiding, you know, uh, somebody that you might be fading in matchups or somebody that could be a good price to miss the cut? Guys like that.
0: I'm absolutely fading Scotty Scheffler don't want to do it he is somebody that you want to back because he's a number one ball striker right now and he is putting up tiger-esque numbers with it. between his irons and his drives he is bombing it and he is so consistent and it is so solid he's gaining 16 strokes between in his ball striking category literally we have not seen this since tiger woods but he can't put to save his life You put him in a three putt situation. He looks like a little lamb and it is terrifying and you know, he's going to miss it. But a four putt to win
1: the masters the one year.
0: (laughs) It is exactly. It is major week and he is changing his putter because he doesn't know what else to do. That is not a player that I want to back. He is six and a half to one in the outright market. You don't get plus money in the placement market until a top five finish. Now, could he do it because his ball striking is so good? Absolutely, because he's actually, he actually has already been doing that. But at the same token, these greens are going to be like marble. So you're already struggling with putting on what should be a, course that's even more difficult to put on so i not only am I fading him like as not putting him on my betting card he's actually one of my favorite head-to-head matchups um I would be taking John Rahm over Rory McIlroy you're getting plus are you kidding me plus 140 for John Rahm as an underdog to Scotty Shuffler
1: Mm.
0: what (laughs) (laughs) both of them are having putting problems but I trust John Rahm who's putting just a little bit better Um, So, yeah, that's one of my favorite blades of the weekend, too.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I I guess it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, decipher some weaknesses in in these guys that seemingly are always so consistent. But I think your point is well taken about Scheffler. Like if you can't putt, uh, you're going to hit a lot of greens and then walk away with a lot of pars you don't feel like. You should have walked away with and and maybe turned some pars into bogeys. And I, I also feel like at the U.S. Open we kind of see this every year where the course can kind of eat the guys up. And and usually that U.S. Open winning score is, you know, what, even par. You know, within one or two strokes of par in either direction. So if you're not converting on some of the easier opportunities on greens, it, it could be a long week.
0: Absolutely, and he could very well figure it out. Maybe he changes his putter. Hey, and it works. But until I see some consistency from that, you cannot take six and a half to one in a major where there's a lot of other players who do have it all together. (laughs)
1: I know you got to get running soon, but uh, quickly, I, I also, I mentioned, you know, for a while there, it felt like it was Ricky Fowler in terms of the best player that hasn't won a major. And, and I mentioned guys like Cantley and uh, Finau and Xander. And, you know, Xander's a uh, San Diego guy. This isn't too far from his neck of the woods. But when it comes to, you know, Victor Hovland, obviously, he's another guy that seemingly always knocks on the door. And, and sometimes I feel like guys like that are uh, occasionally underpriced based on the fact that. Well, they haven't had that one breakthrough yet. Who do you believe is the best player right now that hasn't won a major?
0: I'm going to say Charles Hatton.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: He's been been my favorite player all of 2023. I have bet on him back in January, and he's been making me money, and you just see the progression in his game. It's just a matter of does he have belief because I've also saw him at the Valero Texas Open where he missed the cut, and he was – throwing his iron he's cursing every which way he's yelling at his caddy he's just mad at the world and because he just can't figure he just had a bad day so if he can keep that under wraps keep his composure then yeah he's just as good as anybody else in the field right now who has who can fully win this tournament
1: have you noticed that too just in terms of the betting markets like let's say Terrell Hatton does win a major uh you know win this week and then at the open championship you know he might be 20 to one instead of 30 to one like is that like a a fair assessment or do you think that like these books are pretty efficient regardless of if they've you know had the breakthroughs or not
0: i wouldn't say books are sufficient i've actually i mean it's at the outright market you have 150 guys you're competing against so what is sufficient (laughs) in 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 a sport like that, um, I would say, like in the head-to-head markets, there's going to be a lot more efficiency. Maybe in the top twenties, top tens, there's going to be a lot more efficiency. But when it comes to the outright market, I, I, I don't know if you can quantify anything as efficient.
1: Uh, lastly, just in terms of the, the golf course and how you expect it to play. I mean, I mentioned it, uh, the USGA oftentimes picks these courses that can eat the players up a little bit. And it seems like, uh, you want to be able to gain a lot of distance off the tee this week. Uh, what do you, what kind of golfer do you think in particular, I, I know you've kind of thrown a lot of names out, but stylistically, uh, how do you, what kind of game and traits do you think will play well this week?
0: I'm looking for the all around player because the truth of the matter is we don't know. Um, this is a course that we haven't been on tour once before. So we're having to figure out what is it off the tee? Is it distance? Is it accuracy? These are wider fairways. Yes, but they're very sloped. So even if you hit your angle, the ball can still roll off and the rough is very thick and the greens are small and they're bent grass and they run like marble and they're fast and firm right now because the temperatures are warmer and they haven't had rain. So it's just a mixed bag of, we don't know what to get. So for that, I'm just looking for the all-around player. Good off the tee, good iron play, good around the green, good putting. Just a solid all-around. Maybe you have a couple of tournaments where you've lacked a little bit, but for the most part, you're the complete player. And there's actually quite a few of those, and all of which are the ones I mentioned.
1: All right. Well, I feel like that was a uh, while the books may not be super efficient with all these golfers, they have to price for majors. I feel like that was a pretty efficient 20 minutes there. We were able to get you in and get you out. Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sportsbook joining us to preview the U.S. Open. Pamela, thanks for your time. Enjoy this U.S. Open.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. All right. So again, there was Pamela Maldonado from Yahoo Sportsbook. Before we get out, I just want to, uh, Throw a couple names at you that I kind of hinted at there, but obviously uh, she's the expert and uh, wanted to kind of let her uh, drive the car uh, or I guess the cart if we wanted a uh, golf analogy there. Uh, Just as far as some other guys that I'm looking at, uh, I feel like I say this guy every major, but um, going back to the well with Patrick Cantlay, four straight major results inside the top 14, second in strokes gained this year on the PGA tour off the tee. So uh, I definitely am expecting him to be very much in contention uh, come Sunday uh, at LA country club. And I got him at 14 to one in the outright market. As she talked about, I will definitely look at the head to heads. Um, I do not. I probably should bet some of those top twenties a little bit. I am with her on the top five, top tens, uh, kind of like if I'm going to go that far up the board, I might as well just throw the dart at the outright ticket. So um, yeah, I I could see myself maybe on a few of these top 20s, but I I really like the tournament matchups and the round matchups as well. So I'll definitely be giving some of those out on my Twitter. Uh, But uh, for an outright, uh, Patrick Cantlay, uh, I stand corrected. I got him at 13 to one. I like him. Uh, Another guy, uh, some of those kind of, just below the top tier guys that I like. I mentioned Tony Fino at thirty-three to one. Uh I I, I, I like these guys that have not won majors because that but are always knocking on the door. Cause I think golf is the kind of sport where if you just give yourself enough chances, eventually you'll have a breakthrough. Uh Pamela mentioned she's fading Scotty Scheffler this week. Um, and I, I think it's it's rare to see a guy like Brooks Kepka, who was just always there at majors. She talked about Rory McIlroy's struggles in fourth rounds and those Sunday rounds for Rory, um, you know, at the masters in particular have sometimes not been great. And uh, I think that conversely the guys that haven't won uh, it's an opportunity for them to jump up when you look at them and say, Oh, well, top five, top tens it's not like they're not good enough and in the case of tony female uh he's finished in the top five at all four majors in his career uh and he he seems to be the kind of game that you know the u.s open like his style and power seem to be best suited for this major so i like tony female at 33 to 1 uh i also like to- tommy fleetwood uh of england at 47 and a half to one i got him at uh and he Played very well at the RBC Canadian Open last week. Lost in a playoff. Uh, he's been peppering the leaderboard at a lot of PGA events most of his career, but has yet to find a win. Uh, so, uh, uh, kind of the, an under the radar, rock solid guy that uh, is a, is an all around player. I feel that uh, Pamela mentioned might bode well at LA Country Club. Club, so I like Fleetwood, uh, Cam Smith, also uh, a little bit shorter, uh, but. 24 to one uh i think that um i read an article uh, from jason jason sobel at the athletics shout out to him there excuse me at the action network uh and uh, it was a, a good piece that talked about his mix of creativity and power uh which he pointed to the way he won at the old course at the open championship last year uh and some of those traits in terms of being able to mix and match different aspects of your game uh, will will be ideal for this week at LA Country Cup. So, Cam Smith 24 to 1, Patrick Cantley 14 to 1, excuse me, 13 to 1, Tommy Fleetwood uh, at 30, excuse me, 47 and a half to 1, Tony Finau at 33 to 1, uh, and a couple of long shots to wrap things up. Uh, I'll throw a dart on Adam Scott. Uh, Here's a former major champion, the Aussie, who's uh, in sneaky good form. Uh, 2023, he started with uh, eight consecutive finishes outside the top 20. But how about three top 10s in his his last four starts? Uh, And he seems like a uh, worthwhile option at this price of 70 to 1. Uh, I think, um, you know, when you get further down, I like to just see how they are in terms of making cuts and Scott is two for two at making the cut. So, you know, obviously you can make the cut and not be a factor on the weekend, but when it comes to guys that can just get to Saturday and, and perhaps put a good round together on moving day and, and be in the mix, I mentioned uh Corey Connors kind of doing that for me at the PGA championship where obviously my ticket didn't get home, but he was in the, Penultimate group on Sunday So a guy like that Adam Scott uh, Certainly has The mental makeup to play well For four consecutive days and As I mentioned he comes in with three top Tens in his last four starts and lastly Here's a uh, long Longer dart throw at triple digits Uh, i always like to maybe i'm a sucker for and i'm just donating but i like to have one of these sahith Thigala uh at 100 to 1 i got him at he played his college golf at pepperdine which is uh right near la country club in southern california so uh maybe a bit of home cooking here going well for him and uh also like adam scott Thigala is two for two in cuts this year at majors and he had a top 10 finish at the masters, uh, West coast, best coast joined the PGA tour last year. And how about 12 top tens and seven top fives in his career? So, you know, obviously those fields are a little bit different, but I talked about He's making, made two cuts at both majors this year and has a top 10 finish again, college golf at Pepperdine in his backyard, uh, there in Southern California. He's from that area, uh, Sahith Figala, let's fire it up with a triple digit play as well. So on that note, that'll just about wrap things up for our U.S. Open preview on this Wednesday morning. We record Uh, you probably listen at some point on a Wednesday as we try and get these out uh, with a full 24 hours before balls are in the air at the major championship, which in this case is the U.S. Open. We'll probably do it again for the Open Championship in a month's time. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll mix in a baseball podcast here or there as we have hit the dog days on the sports calendar, a couple of months and just baseball with, uh, this golf major, one more golf major. And, uh, you know, if you're into tennis, I know Pamela is, I am, uh, Wimbledon is in a few weeks, which is uh, certainly one of the highlights of the summer for me as well. My name is Greg Frank. That's going to wrap things up for full slate of Podcast by degenerates for degenerates. You can follow me on gambling Twitter at Undercover Been a good start to the week. Thank you, Carlos Correa, for that walk-off home run last night. Hit me a match winner on the Twins. Uh, so we'll hope to keep things rolling on the diamond. And, of course... Do well on the links this week. Again, this has been Full Slate, a podcast by Degenerates for Degenerates. Follow the podcast at full underscore slate underscore pod. Our buddy Alex Uplinger at Alex underscore up seven does a good job of managing that podcast account. And uh, we'll talk to you whenever we talk to you next. Again, I think it'll probably be the Open Championship. But uh, everybody, for now, just enjoy the U.S. Open. And we'll talk to you later here on Full Slate. And, of course, please play responsibly.